0: Welcome to Evening God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Talking about the churches of the Revelation. Ephesus, Smyrna, Perkins, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. What does that have to do with us today? Is it church ages? Is it time past in a historical account? No, it's present true for any church today, yesterday, and tomorrow. These are given to us that any particular problem in a church will be literally addressed by the Lord in Revelation the second and the third chapter. All we have to do is see the love waxing cold in iniquity. Uh, we see that Lot left their first love in Ephesus. We'll see the four saints in uh, Smyrna, that they're rich in faith. We'll see in Pergamos where Satan's seed is, where Satan dwelleth. Well, that's pertinent to today. And then we see Thyatira. Now, that middle branch of the, four, uh, the fourth branch there being uh, three on each side, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamus, and then Sardis, Philadelphia, and, and Laodicea on the right. We have in that center branch, in other words, the center focal of the seven churches, being the fourth branch, which is the shamash, the servant branch. And we see that that is Thyatira. And the thing that's prevalent, it teaches us there, is the spirit of Jezebel. Now, is prevalent in the church world today. Everyone knows that because it basically uh, states the same thing and focuses on peace. The Antichrist in the book of Daniel. By peace, he shall destroy many. Now, Jesus stated that you think I come to send peace on the earth, but rather a sword. Now, no one likes to talk about the sword. That means God. Is a God of judgment. All God's ways are perfect. All God's ways are judgment. But why does he use judgment? The world says God doesn't do that. God's a God of love, and therefore he will never judge anyone and the accountability were that some will even sleep or be put to death, not discerning the Lord's body, the church. But we find that this is exactly what God does in his judgment. Or we fear God because he is a God of judgment. He's holy. We see in Deuteronomy 32 that this is sealed up among God's treasures. Well, what's the treasures of God? Well, the treasures of God are hidden in Christ. We see that in Colossians 2. God's revealing it now to those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. The Lord Jesus Christ himself speaking to his body. And that is... uh, the full acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. But these treasures will be revealed in the last days. And that's the revelation of Jesus when we come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ and to a perfect man in the image of Jesus Christ, not just knowing him after the spirit, but uh, that, not after the flesh, but in the fullness in the image of of jesus christ full maturity it's called perfection now most have propagated the idea that as long as you're in the flesh down here on earth that you cannot be made perfect but paul stated differently he stated to the church of philippi said i haven't already attained neither am i already perfect and paul had already stated he suffered the loss of all things at the it but dung that he might win christ and be found not having his own righteousness, which was of the law, but the righteousness of God by faith. Well, righteousness reigns there, and that's how lift up grace reigns. Grace reigns through righteousness. The whole catalyst and the foundation principle of grace is righteousness. Grace is not just the unmerited favor of God. Grace reigns through something. Like death reigned, sin reigned by death. Well, death was the abs- absolute end of sin. Sin reigned by death. Well, where sin reigned, and now grace, Dutch much, fu- much, much further there, extend to us by the mercies of God grace. Grace reigns through righteousness, not of any of us, not of any of our works but what he did, what the Lord did in himself, working in salvation in and of himself alone. Now, that is what's being revealed today, which is a secret. It's been hid in Christ Jesus. We see that in John 16. Jesus states himself that I will no longer speak to you in Proverbs, but I'll show you plainly the Father. Now, why would the Lord make a statement like that? I will no more speak to you in Proverbs, hard, hidden sayings, deep sayings of God. I will no more speak to you in Proverbs, but I will show you plainly of the Father. Why the Father? Because the Father is Christ, is God, is Elohim, is the Lord Jehovah, and only one Spirit. There's never been three persons in a Godhead, never has been, never will be. John saw that. He he revealed that to us in the Revelation. In Revelation 16, 13, he said, I saw three unclean spirits. Trinity is unclean. Now, those that have followed this holy trinity is an oxymoron. There's no such thing as a holy trinity. There is only a holy one. Now, through the scripture, it states there's the holy one of Israel, who is Christ, the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, who made himself a body of flesh and blood. You can see it in Isaiah 43, 10. You are my witnesses, thus saith the Lord. That's the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the self-existent eternal spirit of God. And the true witnesses of God, the Lord states, you are my witnesses. Thus saith the Lord. That's the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent spirit of God that is invisible, and that is Jesus Christ himself. And he says that you may know and believe and understand what he wants us to understand this mystery. What mystery is that? It's the mystery of God and the father and of Christ. It's not a Trinity there. God is the father. God is Christ. God is the father. Father is Christ. They're one and the same. And you see that in the very next verse in Colossians two, one through nine in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You want the treasures of God. You want wisdom of God. You want the knowledges of God will we grow in grace. and through these exceedingly great and precious promises given to us, whereby we're made protectors of his divine nature, holiness, without which no man see the Lord. That's a commandment. Be ye holy, even as I am holy, Jesus stated, which is as your father, which is in heaven. Now, when we see that holiness of God, the divine nature of God, that God cannot lie god cannot deny himself he can't deny his word the word is forever settled in heaven so there's only one growth state that comes to the fullness of the measure of statue of jesus that understand these mysteries those are the ones that have charity they've added to their faith virtue virtue knowledge knowledge temperance temperance patience patience godliness godliness brotherly kindness and brotherly kindness to the ultimate Revelation of charity. Charity will cover a multitude of sins. Those are the only ones, the fathers, full-grown, that have the revelation of Jesus Christ and know him that's from the beginning. 1 John 2, 12-14 states that. I write unto you, fathers, because you've known him that's from the beginning. Not them, there's no trinity there. Him that's from the beginning. Many various offices and functions of the one spirit of God, but every one that is born of God knows that, that Christ is every office of the spirit. Christ is the Father, He is the invisible spirit of God. Christ is the Son, that invisible spirit revealed. It's very simple when you understand the doctrine of Christ. there, when the last day revelation of Jesus will have this mystery. It states in Deuteronomy 32 that the Lord said, is this not sealed up among my treasures? What treasures? The treasures are held in the priest chambers. Those have to be, the priest chambers have to be something we build. Just like Noah built the ark for the saving of his soul. We, through the word of God, through these exceedingly great precious promises, build our own priest chambers where we have the treasures of God revealed in us. Now, how do we know that? Because it states, then, Second Corinthians 3, that God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. It doesn't stop there. But we, that's the body of Christ, have this treasure where the treasure is revealed. Well, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. What is that? The Lord, the very next statement that Paul makes: the Lord is that Spirit, not a Trinity, not a binary, not two, but one. The Lord is that Spirit. That's what Paul was stating for perfection. In Philippians three, he said, "I'm not perfect yet, neither have I already attained, but I'm reaching the forgetting uh, those things which are behind, reaching forth to those things which are before." That's the things of faith, now faith, forgetting those things which are behind. That is the things there in the previous seasons Passover, and unlimited bread, first fruits, Christ our Passover sacrifice for us. We don't leave, we don't forget them, but we leave them. We go on to perfection. Hebrews 6, Hebrews 6 plus 1. Therefore, leaving the first principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. That's what we're supposed to do. But very few do that. And Jesus there stated that we are to be perfect, be therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. That's in the Constitution of the Kingdom of Heaven in Matthew 5. So that's where we're headed now. Jesus is the Christ, and that mystery that has been hidden, we find in 2 Corinthians 3, that all the glory of God is shown in the face of Jesus Christ. That face is the four faces of Jesus in the the Gospel of Matthew. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He has the face of a lion. In the Gospel, according to Mark, John Mark, well, he has the face of a man, the perfect man. Then in the Gospel, according to Luke, the beloved physician, he is the suffering servant, the ox. And in John, he is that flying eagle. Lion, man, ox, and eagle. There we see that Jesus is that cherubim set at the east end of the garden of God and the flaming sword turning every which way to keep the way of the tree of life. We have that in Genesis 3:24. Well, who has an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches? God's calling us out now to come together into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. The body of Christ there will be fitly framed together and then compacted by the Lord God himself, sealed, as he's doing now. The apocalyptic signal in Revelation 7, according to the measure of each part, the measure of faith given to each individual member in the body of Christ. This is a body thing. It's not one man, a bishop or an apostle or a prophet. It is the move of the Holy Ghost for the body of Christ to reveal Christ. We have that in 2 Corinthians 3. It's revealed through the body of Christ. We see that, that all the glory, God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Lamb, man, ox, and eagle, we have it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, according to the Gospels. Then we have the body of Christ coming in in Acts, the second chapter, and that's the Feast of Weeks, Pentecost, uh, being Pentecostals, which we've been over 2,000 years, two days, uh, for a day with the Lord's is a 1,000 years, and 1,000 years is one day. Now we're in the third day. It's in the third day that we have a change, a change of seasons, not revival as usual. That's where most make a mistake and think the old wine and old wineskins is all we have to have. Thinking that we're at ease in Zion and settled on our leaves. But we've gone into another season. And that season is tabernacles. We're not Pentecostals anymore. We're tabernacleists. We're in the third day. And then Hosea 6, and it says, in the third day, I will raise you up. The Lord himself will raise us up. And what will happen there? And you will live in my sight. The seeing the things of God, knowing him that's from the beginning. That's the fathers in 1 John 2, 12 through 14. Those are the ones that are full age, weaned from the milk, and... That are the fathers that have their senses exercised thereby to discern both good from evil. They are skillful in the word of righteousness, which grace reigns through righteousness. That is the whole foundation of grace. Grace reigns through righteousness. Now we're saved by grace through faith, not of works lest any man should boast. That's true. But when we were servants to sin, now we're the servants of what? Righteousness. And whosoever, Romans 6, whosoever, we yield our members the service to obey him or the servants to whom we obey, whether of sin or the death or of obedience unto righteousness. That's where most of the denominational church world jumps track. They think, well, obedience is nothing we can do. There's nothing that's required of us in obeying the leading of the Holy Ghost and literally disannul the word of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And they've grown from newborn babes, the little children, the little children, the young men, the young men, the fathers. That's the four growth states. And we see that in 1 John 2:12 through 14. Now, that is exactly what is happening now. That the glory of God is that has been revealed. Uh, in the face of jesus christ now he tells us but we have his treasure that treasure that is to be revealed in the last days in deuteronomy 32 is this not sealed up among my treasure said god what is that for the lord will judge his people judgment first begins at the house of god who has an ear to hear judgment first first begin at the house of god and if it begins at us and the righteous scarcely be saved, where so the end of the sin of the ungodly appear. Peter tells us that in his epistle. But what about in the Torah, the Pentateuch, Deuteronomy 32? Is this not sealed up among my treasures? What? To reveal who he is, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the revelation of God. He said, For the Lord will judge his people. Repent himself of the evil, the wrath. That's the trouble, the tribulation, the persecution that they're going through. Repent himself of the evil when they seize their, their power's gone. Not Holy Ghost's power, their power. Why? For us to come to the end of our flesh, our end of our own will, to do the will and purpose of God. And there's none shut up or left. What will it reveal? That you may know that I am God. Jesus is stating that he is the only Lord God, not a trinity not two-ness, but only one, one spirit. There's one body, one spirit, in whom you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, who is above all the father of us all and in us all, Ephesians 4. That is the whole foundation of Christ, which is a rock of the church, that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, given to Peter, the keys of the kingdom. And Peter states that in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. You can't miss it in his epistle. All the Old Testament prophets searched diligently into the grace that should come unto us, searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ that was in them. When it did signify, what? Testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. There's only one spirit that made himself a body of flesh and blood And the prophet spoke of it. It's in the Torah. It is in the apostles' doctrine. It is unmistakably the truth that there is only one God who is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. But he did, in the days of his flesh, work salvation for us that were under the law. And that's where the revelation comes in how God works salvation in. And of himself alone, for God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. It was all done by God Himself, who is uh, the man that revealed the Father of glory in the days of his flesh there, and then died, buried, rose again, went back to his former glory as the Father, the quickening spirit, the Lord of glory. You see that over and over again, very explicitly detailed. Uh, given to us in Isaiah 43:10, you are my witnesses, thus saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. Somebody said, Well, if he's chosen, he chose a servant that can't be God. But that's not what God said. That you may know and believe me and understand, I am he. God said, That servant is me. And that's where the revelation comes in. Do we believe the ecumenical councils and synods of centuries ago? It's just a Trinity Godhead, and there's a second person of the Godhead, totally different from the Father, but is an equal, uh, an equal hypostatic union with the Father. That's a total crying shame and is a is a gross lie. There's no spirit that begets Spirit Junior in heaven, never has been, never will be. That's what God's revealing now for those that have an ear to hear what the Lord is saying, the Spirit saying to the churches now. So we see that each of the churches, the seven churches, uh, that God will reveal his glory in through the body of Christ. We have this treasure in earth and vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves, for the Lord is that spirit. It reveals one God, 2 Corinthians through 17. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. That's a perfect law of liberty, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, that if we walk in that spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But the prosperity gospel says we can have the lust of the flesh and Jesus too and everyone going to heaven. That's the lie. Few there will be that will be saved. Jesus stated that straight as the gate and there is a way to lead the life. Few there be that find it. Well, it's exactly what he said, said what he meant. Now, how do we know that we're in the truth of gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, we have to try the spirits. John tells us that again, 1 John 4, verse 1 through 4. He says, Hereby try ye the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are entered into the world. Many, not just a few. And Jesus said, Many will come in my name, saying, I'm Christ, I'm an anointed, and shall deceive many in his name. And they shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch if it were possible, they'd deceive the very elect. Paul stated the same thing, 1 Timothy 4.1. The spirit speaketh expressly, then in the latter days, some shall depart from the faith, giving heat to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Why? Because it is the strong delusion. If a heart's not right with God, pure in heart, adding to the faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity, the final stage in growth then they will be deceived by seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. If these things prevail, going all the way to charity will cover a multitude of sins. That charity is the bond or guarantee of perfectness. There's no other way. And that is not a baby. It's not just a child, children of God. It's not just the young men they've grown to having the word of God strong in them, and they've overcome the wicked one. They have gone all the way to fathers. You'll see that in 1 John 2, 12 14. That's what God is doing now. That's the reason we have so many downloads uh, in the thousands in America. That's the reason they're in uh, not only China, in uh, New Zealand, in Africa, India. We're seeing and hearing me hearing from you by the hundreds, because God's dealing with you, not us. We're nothing. We're here today and going to Mars as a blade of grass, so are we. There, the Lord Jesus himself is dealing with you. You that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches, then you move on that. And by doing that, you're pleasing to the Lord in the last day work of the ministry, that you do the will of God according to his will, a person working out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God that's working in you, both the willing to do of his own good pleasure, not this, not the pastor, not the evangelist, not the bishop, not them telling you what you should do to be blessed and have uh, houses and lands and an airplane, but doing the will of God. It is so uh, just a boisterous, gross lie that everybody that follows Jesus is going to be rich and have just an abundance of money. That is totally ludicrous. It was never stated in the Gospels there that a man's life consists of the things which, in the abundance of the things which he possesses, Jesus said it wasn't. Those that love the world, the love of the Father is not in them. All is of the world, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, and the world passes away with lust thereof. But whosoever doeth, you've got to do the will of God. It requires obedience unto righteousness and holiness, according to Romans 6. And those that do the will of God, there will enter into life. Just as the Jesus stated himself, if you overcome to the end, you will be saved. Those that follow on to know the Lord is going forth as prepared as the morning. He's coming to us as the morning star and he will come to us as the rain, the former and the latter rain. We've never had the latter rain. Others say, oh, the latter rain happened at Zeus Street. No, it didn't. Not anywhere near it. Oh, it was a move, yes. Latter rain, absolutely not. The latter rain will be so much different to the church as usual that they, many, will not even recognize it because of the great power of God given to the two witnesses, and they there will work not only The redemption miracles of Jesus, healing the sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils on blind eyes, loosening the dumb tongue, the lame walk, the captive going free, but they'll work the judgment miracles of Moses. And they will literally famish all the gods of this earth. The last day great move of God will also be that Elijah that will restore all things in the kingdom, miracles of Elijah. All of these will be work that have never been worked before. You see it in Revelation 11, which is uh, the body of Christ, the two witnesses, uh, not just two prophets walking on the face of the earth, just as Jesus stated what the witnesses were and are to be, uh, as he demonstrated in the days of his flesh in in John 8 13 through 27. They came to Jesus and said, Jesus, the Pharisee said, You bear record of yourself, your record is not true. Jesus said, Though I bear record of myself, my record is true, I'm not alone. And they said, I am one that beareth witness of myself and my father sent me, he beareth witness of me. Jesus doesn't stop there. He tells us about the testimony of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. To understand the words of the book of this prophecy in Revelation 1 and Revelation 19, 10. That testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, which is the faith that was once delivered to the saints, but in the fullness and the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. And Jesus stated that. That boldness in the measure of the statue of Jesus in Revelation 19, that John saw him and was about to worship him, he said, See, thou doest it not, for I am of thy fellow servants and of thy brethren. I'm not an angel. I am of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy of the spirit of prophecy is essential to understand the words of the book of this prophecy, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Back to John uh, 8, 13, Jesus goes on and tells us this testimony. He said, the testimony is written, your law, the testimony of two men is true. There's the two men. There's the two men that we have in Revelation, the the 11th chapter, giving power unto his two witnesses. Well, Jesus gave us who the two witnesses are right there in the days of his flesh. And that is, he said, it's written in your law, talking to the Pharisees, the testimony of two men is true. I am one that beareth witness of myself. There's one of the witnesses. That's the flesh that he was in the days of his flesh. But now Jesus has gone on, expedient that he will go to heaven, for he goes not to heaven, the Holy Ghost, the comforter, will not come. Now we are the body of Christ. The body is of Christ. We're in his stead as ambassadors of Jesus Christ. So now where is that witness? Well, this witness is one, the body of Christ. And what's the other witness? Well, Jesus stated, it's written in your law, the testimony of two men is true. That's John 8, 13 through 27. I'm one that beareth witness of myself. Notice he didn't say record. They said witness, a witness of myself. And my father that sent me, he beareth witness to me. There's your other witness. It's the body of Christ in the spirit of God. Those are the two witnesses. And they're called two prophets. Why? Because God will do nothing save he show it to his servants, the prophets. And that's why he says not apostles, but prophets in a Revelation 11, not two physical men walking around on the face of the earth. But the body of Christ in the of the measure of the statue of Jesus as it's declared in Revelation 10, Revelation 11, Revelation 12, for a time, times and a half, three and a half years, 42 months, 1,200, hundred three-score days of the witness of Jesus Christ, which is the work of the ministry, which we are all in the body of Christ, the true body of Christ in the true gospel of Jesus called for. That's what God's doing now. So those that have an ear to hear what he's saying to the church he goes on, and just as the Pharisees asked Jesus, where is your father? You say your father's bearing witness of you. Where is he? We don't see him. You can see that in John 8, 13 through 27 again. And Jesus said, if you had known me, you should have known my father also. Those are the children that have been born again, but are not full grown, but at least they know that Jesus is the father. Look at 1 John 2, 12 through 14, I write in you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. Thank God they've been born again. Their sins are forgiven. And you've known the father. Well, you go from a newborn baby to a little child. You have to have the revelation that Jesus is the Father of glory. You've known the Father. He states that in John 8, if you had known me, they asked Jesus, where is your Father? Jesus stated, if you had known me, you should have known my Father also. Why? Because the Trinity doctrine is a lie. He states it again in John 14, when he said there there to uh, the disciples, uh, let not your heart be troubled. You believe and God believe also in me. My father's so house, and many who What one not so would have told you. He's speaking in the third person about the Father because he's in the days of his flesh emptied out of glory. He is that spirit to make himself of no reputation. Philippians 2, 6 through 8. These work of salvation in and of himself alone. Then he goes on and states that, that hey, I've got to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. As many as I love the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Then he clarifies it. And he says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. From henceforth, you won't know him and have seen him. Wow, what a statement. You've seen the Father? Well, they, they're looking for a physical, another man walking around? No, Jesus, the man, is the revelation of the Father in flesh. God manifests in the flesh, First Timothy 6. 15, 16. Well, that's why you're saying that in 1 Timothy 3. 16. He is a blessed and only potentate who only hath immortality. So he goes on and says, and Timothy said, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, uh, we know not where thou goest. How can we know the way? Jesus sound the way, the truth, laugh, no man come with the Father, but by me. Now, watch Philip. He is of the called apostles and said, Lord, show us the Father, and that suffices us. That'll be sufficient. Let us see the Father. Jesus said, have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, fellow? The man, Christ Jesus, is the spirit revealed. He is that servant that was chosen, that God chose. He said it in Isaiah 43, 10, You are my witnesses, thus saith the Lord, the invisible spirit of God, and my servant, whom I have chosen, the man, that you may know, and believe me, and understand, I am he. The Lord is that man. That's the whole foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thou art the Christ, you what? The son of the living God, the father revealed. Now, he said, Isaiah goes on and tells us how. God said, before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. God formed himself a body of flesh and blood. Then see now that I am God, thy savior, the Lord, thy redeemer, the Holy One, that's Isaiah 43:15. The Holy One, not a Holy Trinity. The Holy One of Israel. The devils looked at Jesus in the days of His flesh and said, "We know Thee who Thou art. You're the Holy One of God. You're the Holy One of Israel." Never referred to. The devils believe in one God and triple, but not the Church. She's followed a damnable doctrine of a Trinity. Somebody said they're saved. No, they're not. You better wake up and look at the scriptures and revelation of Jesus, that he alone is the Alpha and Omega, beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty God. Any other way is uh, no entrance into the kingdom of heaven, except you believe that I am he, the Father of glory. You shall die in your sins, John 8, 24. When he said that to them, the Pharisees, it offended them greatly. Well, Jesus said, you're from beneath, I'm from above. The man Christ Jesus said he's from above. You're of this earth, I'm, you're of this world, I'm not of this world. Jesus is telling them very plainly, he's the father. And we find that Jesus spake these words in the treasure, and no man laid hands on him, because his hour was not yet come, Jesus goes on, keeps on going. He said, I go my way, and where I go? You cannot come. Where's he going? It's the father, he came from the father, went back to him. He is the father, came into the earth, made himself with no reputation, took on him the form of a servant, made him the likeness of man, found founded fashion as a man, humbled himself to the death death of the cross. Who is that man? That man is that holy one God, the Father of glory revealed in the days of his flesh after his death, burial, and resurrection goes back to the Father. That's the reason Jesus said in John 16, that's righteousness. That's how grace reigns. What is righteousness? Because I go to my Father. I don't go beside him. I don't go around him. I go between him. I proceeded from the Father, I go back to him. I came from God, I go back to God, not around God. And you'll see that in Revelation 3.21. To him that overcomes, I grant to sit with me in my throne. That's for the church of the living God. Where did Jesus go? He stated, even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, not S-I-T, not positional, but S-E-T is a state of glory, always has been, will be God. Even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, down with my Father, In his throne, not beside it, not around it, in it. There's your Lord God Almighty, the true revelation of Jesus Christ, the Alpha and the the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and it's come, the Almighty God. The Trinity gospel in the last days will be overturned by the Lord God Himself. For those that are seeking the truth, they'll come out of the false doctrine of that Trinity, saying, that there are un, three unclean spirits like problems. Revelation 16, 13. Which are the spirits of devils doing what? Working miracles. Somebody say, well, they worked in miracles. So what? The spirits of devils working miracles. Jesus said the thing. They'd sow great signs and wonders. as so much as they po- possible, they'd save the very elect. John uh, stated it also. And First John 2, 12. He, uh, well, First John uh, 2, 22. The doctrine of Christ. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Son. There's only one Christ. Christ is that Spirit. But Christ is the Spirit revealed in the Son of God. So who's a liar but he, the knight, that Jesus is the Christ? He's Antichrist, that have the both the Father and the Son. Why? Because Christ is the Father. He is an invisible Spirit. And Christ is the Son. That invisible Spirit revealed in the days of his flesh. It's very simple. If you, he that enlarges the Son, hath the Father, it's that simple. To be born of God, you must have the revelation of Christ. That is the most needed, uh, most important essence of that Scripture and apologetics, that we must have the revelation of Jesus Christ as stated in 1 John 5, 1. Whosoever believe that Jesus is the Christ, he is that Spirit and every office of the Spirit, he is the Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost, Son of God, Son of Man. He is the Elohim, the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty the El Shaddai. Whosoever believe that Jesus is the Christ, he is every office of the Spirit, as Christ did, is born of God. There, that is exactly what's happening. Jesus is no more speaking to us in Proverbs. He's showing us plainly of the Father, as he saved in John 16. Who has an ear to hear? Those that do will be the ones that Will be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God for which they suffer. They will be the ones that will proclaim the everlasting gospel of all the world for witness in all nations. Then the end will come. We'll see that Jezebel will be overthrown in that entire church, as which is the predominant doctrine of today, and seduced God's spirits there, allowing her, calling herself a prophetess, to overthrow the saints there. If we have a chance to repent, we do, then we will follow the true spirit of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. If we don't, we'd be thrown into a bed of affliction with her because we did not hear the truth. Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. Sardis, have not found thy works perfect. Philadelphia, there we find the brotherly love church and then with the Laodicea, much churches as of today, said, I'm increased with goods, I have need of nothing. That's the Laodicean attitude in the prosperity gospel of Jesus stating thou, knowest thou not your poor wretched, naked and destitute. I counsel thee to buy thee gold, try the fire the cross of the living God, crucifying the flesh with the effects of the lust that do the will of God, working out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God that worketh in you both will willing to do of his good pleasure. We must do that. God is expecting us to come to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ in the whole image of Jesus Christ in order to be that church presented to him without spot, without blemish, perfect in all her ways. Well, we'd love to hear from you. Please contact me, you that are hearing the Spirit of God, that we may work together, God calling his body into one. We're not anything, just the servants of God. We pop the rags on your shoes because we're called to be a servant to the body of Christ. There we pray for each one of you, for all of us, that God perfect that which is lacking in each one of us, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord in both spirit, soul, and body. Till the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold the real Jesus.